grab a beer. We'll put college football in your ear. Let's rock and roll. I got mine. Podcast here. Michigan just took three straight to the Buckeyes. Come on. on the field. Let's get going. Is the after party? We all go after this. We're going to Ryan Day's mom's house. That's where we're going. Hey, welcome back. Hey, Big welcome back. back. We are here. Against the Ohio State, Ohio State Michigan game. Michigan, Michigan wins. Michigan wins. 30 24. Steve, what you got on this Steve, game? What you got on this game? All right, I'm going to get into the right, stats. I'm going to get into the stats. Anyways, this game was a very interesting game. Kind of crazy. We were there in the audience. It was a nice little battle. Obviously, Michigan pulled it out. There was some craziness going on there at the last seconds. Ohio State was driving down the field trying to get that Notre Dame-type comeback. But Honda McCord struck again, threw that interception that he might have threw in the Notre Dame game, but it didn't happen. Can you hear us now, Steve? I got you. Loud and clear. Now we got you. All right, man. Give me some stats on this game. Hey, man, the first thing that matters, we talked about it before the game, turnovers were a key. And two turnovers, both by Honda McCord, one of them not so much his fault, the other one definitely was. Ohio State total yardage, 378 to 338. Another big one was third downs, all right? Ohio State was four for nine and Michigan three for 12. Fourth downs, this was huge. Fourth downs, Ohio State never went for one fourth down, zero for zero, but Michigan, man, three for three. Those were big key turning points in the game. Special teams also played a huge role for Michigan, and a lot of people don't like to talk about special teams but this was big, man. They flipped field position on several punts. Uh, the Wolverines, they averaged 51 yards per punt, while Ohio State averaged 36. I mean, they had that long that was 71 where everyone in the audience, everyone in the crowd, like turned to look at each other like, holy shit, did you see that bomb? Just that spiral all the way down the field, flip field position, 71 yards again. I mean, dude, that was a punt. Three for three on field goals. And uh, the Wolverines had a 51-yarder while Ohio State was one for two and a critical missed one right before half. Yeah, the one thing I'll add is that last drive Michigan had taking time and time and time and time off the clock. That last tick, drive tick, they tick. had was just taking away any Buckeye chance of coming back, especially with a young quarterback giving him no time once again, just like they did the Notre Dame game to try to pull out the win. And he threw, he almost threw an interception in that game and ruined it. And he did in this one. Jamie, you got anything to add? Oh no, man, just backing up Beave here on that one. Those, those two interceptions, that, that's crucial. Uh, not being able to stop him on fourth down, that, that in itself is crucial. But uh, something I, I take out of this is being a Pac-12 fan. I'm so happy to get get rid of those Pac-12 refs. They let y'all play four total flags in that game. Uh, one thrown on Ohio State for five yards, three thrown on Michigan for 34 yards. So overall, pretty clean game. Let you guys play it out. Uh, tough loss for you guys, but uh, it was a fun one to watch for the rest of us. Oh, for sure. I mean, if I take my Ohio State fan away and talk football, I mean, that was a great game. It's good for the conference, man. Michigan needs to win, and and we got to root for them to win a national title as a as a conference. You know what I mean? Rather than letting the SEC go and dominate again, it's time for the Big Ten to pull through. And someone else needs to win a title other than Ohio State, really, to be honest. 
And you I gotta really, talk like you that. Really gonna pull for Michigan? You really? I gotta talk like that, man. I lost my bet. I'm wearing a Michigan T-shirt. All right, and I gotta talk like that for one day. All right, man. Tell me about Honda McCord and his play this year and in this game. All right, so we covered the two interceptions, but clearly one of them was his fault. The other one was half his fault. I mean, he was getting hit at the end of the game. That lineman got blown up. I mean, he was on his butt quick. And that guy came in and gave quick pressure. And and Honda McCord just kind of threw it up like a Honda that he is. I mean, he threw it up and took his chances. Now, he got it in the right direction towards Marv, but it was the end of the game. And, and the other one was squarely on him. I mean, it was just a shit throw. And that's what we expect. Because guess what? The whole season, Ryan Day has known that Honda McCord starts slow. That offense has taken at least a half to get going. At least. So what does Ryan Day do? He says, I want the ball first because I want to waste a possession. Didn't make any sense to me, but that's something that we could talk about down the line. Uh, Like I said, started off slow. Ryan Day's got to know his team. He knows they start off slow. Do not do that. I mean, the one game that they played a full game was against Michigan State, and no one gets credit for beating Michigan State. All right? No one. I think Um, one bad call that Ryan Day had was not trying to push for another seven, eight yards before kicking the field goal. Like that one, I didn't understand at all. Like put, pushing that 52-yard field goal out there was was a lot. With 18 seconds left, you definitely could have made that field goal a little bit easier heading into the half. Well, yeah, but it was uh, it was fourth down. I still think you push it, in my opinion. You it think they go for it and then lose that chance at a possession? I don't. Th- I mean, at that point in time, looking back on it in hindsight's 2020, yes, you do go for it. But right now, in the heat of the moment, I mean, it's a close game. I I can take either call. On that, on that particular point in the game, I could take either call before half. Try to get those points, see what happens. But what was the problem I see from a planning standpoint is know your team. You know they start slow. Do not take the fucking ball first and try to prove a point. He was trying to prove a point. He was like, we're hard. We're going to take it. We're going to go down and score. And guess what? They didn't because they always start slow. That's fair. How about this, man? Ryan Day loses three straight to Michigan. He's obviously not been the greatest in big games. I won't say all big games. He's definitely got some big wins under his belt. But this game matters in Buckeye country. Is he on the hot seat, man? Uh, Yes, of course. The seat's hot. Now, it was warm this year already, so it's just gotten a little warmer. But the good thing about this is the AD situation flops. Gene Smith is retiring, so he doesn't have to make that decision, which is good for him. I mean, because that's tough. That's a tough call to have that talk with Ryan Day losing one game. I mean, they took the chance in getting a guy with no head coaching experience other than Myers' three-game suspension. So they got to give him the time to put his pieces together to learn on the job, man. He is learning on the job how to be a head coach. And at a blue blue, a place where everyone wants to win, everyone wants to beat Michigan. Well, guess what? He doesn't have the benefit of Michigan being down like Urban Meyer did. So there's a little bit of different situation. Yeah, Urban Meyer was seven and zero. Jim Trestle had uh, Michigan when they were down too, towards the end, you know after the first two or three years of his career. So Ryan Day's getting it when Michigan's on an ultimate high. And this is like a national title type team in Michigan right now. So Ryan Day had a good team. We talked to some Michigan fans afterwards, actually guys that I ran into at the Michigan-Penn State game. I know you weren't there, AJ, but this particular guy was pretty cool, liked to talk about football, was a little bit of that snooty Michigan type person, but good guy in general. He wanted me to talk about his pants that he had passed down from his grandfather and he was wearing them at the game. Um, they were kind of cool, but they were Michigan, so I didn't care too much. But I had to throw that out there just for him. If you're listening, man, I don't even know your name, but hopefully you're listening. Um, 
So where were we at? Yeah. Does Ryan Day get fired? No, absolutely not. He does not get fired. You took a chance at a first-time head coach. Let him run his course. Now there's things that he has to do to keep from getting fired, but we'll talk about that later maybe. All right. I'm going to throw this one at Jamie here. Ryan Day has been said to be born on third base by Jim Hardball. What are you, what's your thoughts on that? Was he born on third base and what should he do to improve? Hey man, he, he's struggling to make it home. I'll tell you that much. Uh, the pressure is huge to coach for a team like Ohio State. You talk about all these coaching openings and things like that of like where, where people go. Ohio State's one of those ones, just like some of these other big name schools that when you go there, the pressure's turned on you immediately. And, and that's something he knew taking the job. Losing to Michigan, that's not something you guys usually stand for, you know, three times in a row. I think like Beeb's saying, new head coach, give him some time. This wasn't the year they were supposed to win it. They're the younger team, like I've heard from you, AJ, that, that this was their year. They pushed them. They pushed them on the road up until the very last second. They're one interception away from winning that game. And so is there hope? Absolutely. I think Ohio State's a team that this is definitely not their best team they're putting out there, that the best is yet to come and we've seen better. And so I think he's done a, a pretty good job. I wouldn't say phenomenal. He has some great talent around him, some great coaches. But, uh, you know, I, I'm in the in the boat of giving him another year. I, I don't think the grass is always greener. I come from a, uh, being an Oregon fan where we lose our head coaches. And, and we, you know, I, I, I hope we keep our current head coach. And so, you know, I hope you guys give Ryan Day a little more more time now you can look at jim hardball as an example he almost got kicked out the door and they almost shut it on him and then now look what he's doing i think ryan day is you know a good coach like i said he's probably not on the great level yet but he still has some playoff wins he still has some big wins underneath his belt if you move on from him do you, do you become texas a&m do you become an aggie do you want to become an aggie i don't No, i'll tell you that much uh, but we'll talk about another coach man temporary coach sharon moore man one and oh in the game he's three and oh and Hardball's absence. Wow. B, talk about this one for me. Well, you know, first of all, I got to go back today. I mean, who do you get to replace the guy? Who do you get? But then let's go to Sharon Moore. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's him. I mean, he's already proven he can do it. So that might be someone to look at in the future. You know, ju- I'm just saying in the future, he might be the dude. Um, well, he's getting a head coaching job somewhere. He is for sure. There's no doubt about it. He should be on everyone's list right now, right now. I mean, look at the way he played. He played with uh, free will. Like he he want he played to win. He was going for it on fourth down three times in the game. Like he took the chances that he needed to take to win the game, and he and he took them and he did it. He accomplished it. He made great plays. He was going for it on fourth down. He did the halfback pass that yeah he took everyone shot, bid on. Unlike Mel Tucker, here's a different kind of shot he took. Yeah, he took a shot. And, and to me, the shot. difference was. Day played not to lose the game, and Sharon played to win the game. And there, there's a massive difference between the two, and you've seen it play out there. Yeah, man, it was awesome. They did well. I mean, as me wearing a Michigan shirt, it was awesome. As an Ohio State fan, I hated every minute of it, but we rushed that damn field as Big Ten backers. Oh, we did, and and we pushed it. But tell me, man, both of y'all can chime in on this. We'll let me go first. How does Ryan Day get himself off? Well, first of all, you get a nice towel or you know, like a paper towel, you get some lube, maybe some KY jelly. That was the Mel Tucker part. How's it get off? Oh, oh, all right. All right. You weren't (laughs) talking about actually getting off, uh, get him off the hook of the hot seat. First of all, you get a different quarterback. Honda McCord isn't making it, man. He is not the dude. 
He's not the guy that's going to win games. He's got to start strong. He's got to finish strong. He's got to have that killer attitude. After the game, he looked like he was nonchalant. All right, we lost. It was just, and before the game, it was like, it's just another game. You need an Ohio dude at quarterback that knows the rivalry. It's coming. It's down the line. But they're recruiting too many people from all over the nation. They need more of that Ohio backing. They need 50% of the recruits to come from Ohio at all times. They need a dude in there be like, no, we're going to win this game. This is this matters more than anything. It's the Michigan game. Come on. Right, and the other about- thing he needs to do. No, there's one more. Fire that fucking special teams coordinator right now. Yeah, he's got to go. I, I agree with that. But let's move on, man. Let's talk about a different OSU team that had a even worse outcome. Let's. We'll let Jamie the Duck definitely break down this one because he was at the game. But, man, look at that. Oregon State got the beat down from Oregon 31-7. to Jamie, give your give us Ooh. your perspective on this game. Man, it was a great game to be at. It wasn't on the level as, as some of these rivalry games that, that we got to see this week. And as fans, this was like the best weekend to, to be a fan of college football because of how many great games there were. This was not that game. If you're an Oregon fan, this was an amazing game. Oregon State, a lot of respect for them, a lot of respect for their team and what they've done this year with what they've had and what they've been going through. I I think there's a lot of factors going this. You heard not too long after the game, they're losing their head coach to to Michigan State. That might have been on his mind. We had a situation uh, where Mario Cristobal was out the door and nobody knew it, and then we got our ass handed to us in the Pac-12 championship by Utah. And, and that's something I chalk up as a factor. But this was Bo Nix putting on a display like no other, just showing why he should be the Heisman this year. Another amazing display of efficiency. But right out the gate was where they sent the message. They had a drive. Their opening drive was eight minutes, 41 seconds, an 88-yard drive to to punch it off with a, with a touchdown. And, and that's where they met him. They showed that they could do it in the long drives. They showed right before the half, they they had less than a minute uh, getting the ball back when they were they were up fourteen seven. They got a seventy, I think it was seventy five yard drive in uh, forty seconds, uh, capped off by a forty one yard touchdown to Troy Franklin. And that man's been a monster. It's disappointing he's not on the Heisman list, but understandably, it's tough to get uh, somebody from both teams. And uh, Marvin Harrison's been balling out this year as well, so. Man, there's a lot of great wide receiver play across college yeah. football this year. It is absolutely a f- amazing. But, man, Oregon continues to dominate after that Washington loss. They're going to get their chance to get that revenge this coming week. And, and man, they just – I mean, they're a defensive team. They're an offensive team. This is a Duck team that I don't think any Oregon fan has probably ever seen in their life as far as a complete team. Like, they're just crazy good. Yeah, and we, we thought we'd be exploiting um... – their defensive line and running all over them. Oregon State uh, held us pretty good on 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 our rushing attack, and so did we. We held them to 53 yards against uh, one of the best rushers in, in in college football. In Martinez, man, that guy's a baller, and he did not have anywhere to go in that game. And they were playing from behind as well, so that has a factor in it. But man. Oregon has played with a vengeance since they got that loss to UW, and they've been a completely different team and everything you hope they'd be responding to that loss. So I'm pretty excited about what they've been accomplishing. I don't even, they didn't even play that game bad. Like even that game against Washington, they played damn good. It was just they needed one more play and didn't get it. And, and you know, that, that happens when you play big time teams. And 
But man, they've even grown from there, which is crazy. We'll get one more question here for Beef. All right, Beef. This game wasn't like the rest of the rivalry games this week. This one was WWE, WWE style SmackDown, and they got ugly. What you got for us, Steve? Just another pedestrian day for uh, Bo Nix, right? 33 of 40 for 367 yards and two touchdowns. Hey, and another one on the ground. Why not? Man, the Beavers got pounded, and not just by Oregon. First, the Beavers got pounded by the Big Ten, collapsing the Pac-12. Their conference is gone. Next thing you know, the Ducks came in and made them their bitch. And then, put a cherry on top, no pun intended, their coach is gone. Man, hired by Michigan State, you know, another Big Ten member. So, man, the Big Ten's just sticking their big D in the Beavers all day. I do feel bad for the Beavers on that front, man. They just pretty much lost everything at the hands of the Big Ten or a future Big Ten team. Jamie, you got to feel bad for a little brother, right? Oh, absolutely. And and that it's tough to see. I got I got family members, uh, the huge Oregon State fans, and it's like, what's their team going to look like in the next five years? Uh, you thought, well, they're not making the, the Big Ten conference, not going to any other conference. Well, at least they got a great coach. Well, they woke up the next day realizing that wasn't true either. So it's it's tough. I feel bad for them, and uh, I don't wish that upon even my my worst enemies. We're going to talk about one more game with Jamie before Jamie bounces out of here. And we're going to talk about Washington State, the Cougs, playing the Huskies. And, man, did they push them to the brink. What you got on this one, Jamie? Man, this – this was an interesting game to, to see. Uh, on paper, it looks like UW's just going to run away against Washington State, but you know rivalries aren't that that clear. We know we know what could happen. Um, and Washington State, they out offense UW like they they had the better offense out there. If they could have you know not thrown those two interceptions, uh, honestly. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. wasn't the best quarterback on the field. Uh, Cam Ward played like the best quarterback, it, but they they found a way to win. Ever since uh, they played the Ducks, it, they've kind of just played at the level of their opponent. They've won a lot of close games, not really been able to pull away. And uh, I I don't know what broke since that game, but uh, we'll see if they show up in the Pac-12 championship. I mean, they've been flirting and flirting and flirting with disaster. Like, it was like a blonde at a bar, and they had too many martinis, man. They were just not getting the hint that she weren't ready. And they're flirting yeah. with it, man. And do they get bit in the Pac-12 conference game, or do they get bit in the playoffs, or do they figure it out? Something's got to happen. We'll get a question in here for Beave. Beave, this wasn't uh, the rivalry game we just talked about. This one was... This was a monster in the Apple Cup, unlike the Civil War. What you got for me on that one, Beef? Yeah, it kind of seems like Washington's playing down to their opponents. They play up for the big games when they need to, and they get it done. So they seem like that team of destiny, kind of. They're going to they're gonna play down, but they're going to play up when they need to. I mean, that flip back, that fake dive and uh, toss to Dunze to get that first down at the very end of the game and his run, it was just a thing of beauty. It was just so well executed, man. Adunze, you got to give him credit, man. He it, One of those receivers, like we talked about earlier, that's playing lights out. After the game, the kicker that makes that last second field goal, he gets on scholarship. The locker room goes crazy. I mean, that's what college football is all about, right? I mean, I just seeing it. stuff like that, it was, it was awesome. I mean, the kicker didn't even want to go out there in the middle to talk to address the group. He was like holding himself back, but they pushed him out, and he accepted that scholarship, of course. But let's get back to Adunze. Seven receptions, 120 yards, and two touchdowns to go along with that pivotal run, man. He's playing lights out. And uh, Blitnikoff, I don't know. I think I think he's up there for it. 
Man, the competition is definitely hot for it this year. It's so stiff. it's hard to yeah. say, man. Woo, you could go with There's neighbors. So many. There's so many, so many. I'll tell you one thing. I'm I'm betting that there's a bunch of Buckeye fans out there that wish their coach had the nuts DeBoer had on that fourth down call. Man, was that scary. Man. <laughs> but hey, they got it done. Y'all got any more to add on this game or what y'all got? You want to give us a little hint on, on next week, Jamie? Just wait until next week. We'll yeah, ne- next week's the matchup we've been waiting for. I mean, as Oregon fans, we've been we've been this is on the calendar. We got to win out so we can see him again and prove it. You know, not not being in UW, go on neutral turf here, and everybody's been saying we've been playing like the better team lately, and it's time it's time to prove it. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. was the Heisman front runner for the first half of the season, and it wasn't even close. He has had pedestrian games just like this last one. He was not the reason they won uh, against Washington State. Uh, And so he's taken himself out of that race. And uh, I'm looking forward to this game. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there in person. I'm pretty excited to to go to Vegas and watch this game. It's a fun environment. I've been before and uh, kind of a good time. So we're looking forward to it. I'm not going to get too hyped on it because uh, I'm going to be a little reserved. I know anything can happen. The media has been hyping up Oregon. They've been dogging the dogs, the UW. And uh, so I, I think anything can happen, but uh, my money's going to be on Oregon and uh, I'll be in a place where I could put that bet down. So I'll be putting well, it there. I'll be rooting for the Ducks from this point forward. There are, you know, B talked about having a Big Ten team win something. You know what? Oregon's there next year. They're a Big Ten team now in my heart. So, Go out there and get it, Ducks. Let's get it done. Appreciate you. Jamie the Duck, we'll let you get on out of here. I appreciate you coming in and giving us some love. And as always, man, man. you're a Big Ten backer. (laughs) Anytime. Ducks out. All right. All right, man. Have a good day. Appreciate you. All right. Let's get you guys a video going as we take a little break here. We talked about these smackdowns and these rivalries. Here's a guy who can give you the smackdowns. Big Ten backers. Podcast here. Hey, brother, what do you think about this game? It's going to be an awesome game. Three in a row, brother. Here we go. Just getting back from Fox. Big noon kickoff. Michigan never loses when I show up, brother. That's right. What you going to do, Hollywood, Michigan, Hogan, brother? That's right. We're in the area. Can't go to the game today. No tickets. But we're going to run wild all over OSU, brother. And what you going to do? Oh, yeah. You got to tell me. What move are you using for the top ropes on Ryan Day? Top rope Ryan Day? There's nothing better than the old atomic leg drop, brother. And it'll be devastating coming off the top rope. Because what you going to do, quiet Ryan, when Hankamania, Hank Hogan, that's right, Hollywood Hank Hogan, the largest arms in the world, run wild on you. We got a new world order. Michigan has owned these Buckeyes the last two years. How long does this dominance last? Forever, brother. Because when you're NWO, brother, you're NWO for life. And that's just too sweet. All right, brother, you got to tell me the score of this game. We're like another blowout. This time we're going to lay 50 on those bums. We're talking 55 to 10, and 10's being generous, OSU. All right, brother, one more question. Worst fan base in the Big Ten? Best fan base ever. You're looking at it. Look at this sea amazing blue, brother. That's right. The greatest fans in the world. 
Hank Hogan couldn't have chosen a better team to root for. That's right. From the crib, Mason Blue, brother. Here we go, baby. Big house. Let's rock and roll, baby. Thank you, sir. All right, Big Ten backers, we're back. We're going to get into some of these Big Ten games, starting off with Iowa versus Nebraska. Another typical Iowa game. Iowa wins it 13 to 10. Man, Nebraska looked like they might have got a chance to go bowling, and it didn't go their way, Beef. Talk about this game for me. Damn it, Nebraska. Two blocked field goals to keep this game close, and the Huskers still couldn't do it. In true Huskers fashion, there's no better way to end a season than to lose by a one-score game. Damn. And the under again for Iowa, man. How do they do this? I don't know how they keep pulling the under, but they do, man. It's just, uh, it's kind of it crazy. The, is it the betting situation that's still going on in Iowa? They're like, we can score less than this and still win. Must be. I don't know. But, man, that they had the ball after an interception. Looked like they were driving to maybe win this game 13 to 10 versus losing it. And what do they do? They throw a pick of their own out there, handing over turnovers like Oprah hands out gifts on Christmas. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. It just continues. Look under your seat. There's a ball. We don't want it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of been the Matt Roll way. We talked about the new role in Nebraska, and apparently it's turnovers. That's the role in Nebraska. Damn. Well, let's let's move on, Beef. We're not going to get uh, too crazy about these games. We'll talk about another Big Ten game. We got Penn State played in Ford Field against Sparty. Sparty's had a bad year. It was a Nittany Lions show all night, man. Talk about this game for me. Oh, score. Obviously, if you didn't see it on the screen, 42 to nothing. But we do have some radio listeners out there. Man, yeah, Penn State. Yeah, yeah. There's still people that aren't seeing the visuals, so come and check us out, man. We're no longer just audio. We got the video going, too. I'm focused more on the coach that Michigan State's getting. Everyone knew what was going to happen with Penn State beating Michigan State. The beatdown was going to happen. 42 to nothing, just like Ohio State, just like Michigan did. They just beat them bad. Um, but what happened? What's positive? Is there anything positive that happened for Michigan State? They finally got their coat. They got him. And they got a guy that took the Beavers to their third straight bowl appearance. First for the program since 2006 to 2009. It's not a sexy hire. It's a good one. And I think it's the right one for Michigan State. In 2017, this coach, he inherited a team that was 1-11. Now they're back-to-back eight-win seasons. Right now, Michigan State would take an eight-win season, right? Oh, they would for sure. I mean, the best thing that happened to Michigan State this season, the only highlight they have, got shot into a tissue at a McDonald's parking lot and thrown in the trash, and that's pretty much been Sparty's season. They got tossed into the wastebasket like that tissue Mel Tucker used, and it was an ugly season. I'm sure they're glad it's over. Because, ooh, boy. But let's talk about another game. Let's get into uh, another game here. Jonathan Smith. Got to say his name, at least. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Jonathan Smith coming to Michigan State. Hell of a hire, in my opinion. But let's talk about another coach who didn't get hired but got fired. And Tom Allen is out. Mr. Hey, you guys himself is no longer... No longer the guy there at Indiana. Beef, talk about Purdue. Talk about Walters for me. Hey, Walters ends the year for Purdue on a high note. And and who the hell is Indiana going to hire? I, I don't understand that fire. I mean, he had a couple good seasons there. It's just, it's hard. What? Are, who wants to 
you know, go up to Indiana where you're always going to be behind. It's, that's just a tough situation. But they did. They lost a lot of games this season. They were a terrible team and they lost to their rival, in-state rival Purdue to end the season. So I think that, that that's probably the right move. It's just that's a tough place to Indiana. It's a basket for sure. No doubt about it. But there's still some thirst and love for football there. Walter's just starting to get it figured out. He didn't have a greatest year. Not a bad year for a first year coach. For sure. As far as his flashes, obviously not an overall good outcome, but he wins this one 35 31. We said earlier in this year that Tom Allen was coaching for his job, and we were right. Now he doesn't have it. Still, he has a, tw- he had a $20 million buyout. That's what? wow. Yeah. I mean, he negotiated down to 15, but that's, Did he? yeah, but wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. $20 million buyout. Oh, he probably got a huge contract from that. Uh, from the COVID year season, he got a COVID year contract, man. Yeah. Those COVID year contracts were ridiculous, man. That's why Mel Tucker got his and he just gave it away with a tissue and a rag. Like you said earlier, shot it away. Let's move on to another coach who didn't get fired, but earned himself a coaching job. And we're talking about Northwestern. They beat in-state rival, Illinois, 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 45, 43, Overtime game, another good one. But man, you got to give it to Braun. He is the winningest head coach in the first season ever at Northwestern. Absolutely insane. But B, talk about this one for me. I mean, the Wildcats, they set Brett Bilma back to the donut shop. I mean, that man will eat if he wins, if he loses, but he's stress eating now. I swear, this guy will eat for anything. Donuts. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> but what the fuck, man? Northwestern? Three straight wins to end the season seven and five. Man, we were there at the beginning of the year to watch them take on Penn State. And we were like, this team is garbage. It was a boring atmosphere in the game other than like the first five minutes. The stadium looked like shit. The team looked like crap. But man, they pulled it together. They rounded those horses. And now they're seven and five going bowling. I I, I would never have fathomed this. I would have thought they would have lost every Big Ten game they played. I mean, the turnaround they had is absolutely amazing. That dude definitely earned his coaching job that he got. I mean, they look like an absolute dumpster fire. They were in a dumpster fire. I mean, this looked like a shower scene that no one wanted to see, especially the ones that really happened there. But wow, man, like what a turnaround. Can't believe it. Let's talk about the next Big Ten game, though. We're going to talk about my Badgers, man. Let's get on whiskey. Get your whiskey out. We're talking Badgers, baby. Got it. I see Got that. it. But man, Wait. they had to deal with injuries. They lost their quarterback. They lost their running back. They lost their other star running back. It looked like their season was about to go down the drain. And what did they do? Freaking totally redeem themselves. Like just when I think you couldn't possibly be and they got that act. You go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself. But B, talk about my badgers. Talk about their turnaround. Talk about Luke Fickle. Love the videos after they won the axe. Man, put that axe back in the trophy case, baby. That's that has got to be the top rivalry trophy. There, you can't beat that, right? Well, I, I mean, like that, the things of Rosedale too, but you know, eh, I don't. I, that yeah. axe, that Paul Bunyan's axe is awesome. I mean, I love that one too, but I like the pig of Rosedale. I still love it, that one. It looks dangerous carrying that thing around. I'm like, don't trip. Everyone put a hand on that axe, it's huge. Anyway, I mean, they, end the se- they end the season on a positive note, man. And it wasn't the season that they needed or what they were looking for, but they're going bowling and they're prepping for next year's run, man. And they're going to have to bring it. 
because all those teams coming in from the West Coast, the Big Ten just got a lot harder to win. Oh, man, and, you, and you're seeing all these programs load up on coaches. Like, nobody's playing any games. You're starting to get some of that SEC-type coaching hires that I think I've always been a little jealous of that I think these smaller oh, schools sure. in the Big Ten don't take the money that they earn and re-put it back into their program. And I think that culture is changing with ho- hires like Michigan State is done, mm-hmm. Wisconsin is done. I mean, everybody's trying to load up and get ready for these teams coming. But let's talk about the last Big Ten game that happened over the weekend. Let's switch gears and let's talk Maryland and Rutgers. Maryland, I think, go ahead. I don't I don't think either of us picked that. Both of us picked Rutgers to win this game, didn't we? I believe. We, no, I think I picked Maryland. I'm not 100% sure. We'll have to check the tape. I'm not going to lie to these people. Check the tape. Got to check the tape. But, Beef, talk about this one for me. Maryland dominated Rutgers, even though they oh. both both had a somewhat of a good year for their programs. I don't know, maybe Maryland underachieved, but Rutgers definitely overachieved, even with this loss. Yeah, Maryland had the team, the defense, the offense, to at least knock one of the big three off. I thought for sure they were going to do it. Never happened. They came close against Michigan, though, so I'll give them credit for that. But they finished the season 7-5. and five. Talia Tungavailoa, he set the Big Ten all-time passing yards record and uh, came out of the game with 365 yards and three touchdowns. But I think he probably also set a passing record for interceptions thrown in meaningful moments, too, because he always seemed to end a game that they could have won with a pick. Oh, no doubt. Super skillful, but also turnover prone, and it's killed him. Killed Maryland, killed the Terps. Bad news bears, man. Yeah, and it's good, like we said earlier, with Wisconsin, it's going to get harder for them to show out. So they better step it up now. Oh, no doubt. Let's get into another break. We're going to place another interview for you. And then we're going to trim the landscape, baby. Oh, what you got for us this time? Oh, we're getting some passionate Michigan fans. Talk about busting some nuts. Oh, here we go. Big 10 backers podcast here. We got some more rains. Come on. Give me some hate for them Buckeyes. What y'all got? Fuck the Buckeyes, man. Go blue. Go blue all day, baby. Go blue. Let's go. Let's go. We're going to make them. Yeah, useless. We're going to catch some nuts today. We're going to bust some nuts. We're going to bust some nuts. They're going to fire off Coach Day before he leaves Ann Arbor. Let's go. Let's go. Three in a Yeah. Speaking of coaches. You see this? We're going to beat them again. We're going to beat them again. We're going to beat them again. Three wins straight. Speaking of coaches, where's Jim Harbaugh taking in this game today? Uh, he right. He looking at us. He might be up in the sky. But he, he with us. He with us. No doubt. No doubt. We got a lot of love. We got Aiden as an honorary captain. So, go blue all day. So, I heard he's chilling on a couch somewhere. What's softer? That couch Jim Harbaugh sitting on or Ryan Day? Ryan Day! Ryan Day! Yeah. Cry Baby Day! Yeah. yeah! Let's go! I think I already know this answer, but I gotta ask. Worst fan base in the Big Ohio Ten? State. Ohio, State. Ohio State, definitely! Ohio State. Ohio State. All right. Definitely. One more thing. Let's go. Fuck Ohio! Fuck Ohio! Boom, 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 boom! Fuck Ohio! Boom, 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 boom! Fuck Ohio! Let's get in the game. Let's enjoy it. Appreciate y'all so much. And we're back, man. And did we have a legendary Iron Bowl once again? 
This one was crazy. It was fun to watch. Wow, man. How did Auburn let this one slip through their fingers? Much like Alabama did with kick six 10 years ago. Man, oh man. This game is always a good one. This rivalry game always puts on a show. It's Jerry Springer in the South, baby. Bring this one in for me, Beef. Man, you're right. Jordan Hare, that stadium was rocking. It did not disappoint. Fourth and 31 to end the game. Fourth and 31. That is an easy stop, right? You would think. But man, they couldn't stop the pass to the corner end zone. Auburn had it lined up, I think, with the wrong D. They had a spy, which they never should have. Let the let Milrow run. Why not? That's what you want them to do in that situation. It's the end of the game. If he runs it, doesn't get a touchdown, game over. All right? And they should have let at least six men back, two men play in the middle and get a pressure with a three-man rush, right? Then you can get the quarterback to throw the ball a little faster. He had all day back there. They were only rushing two. Got to get some pressure on him. And they just went up with the wrong defense, and look what happened. Yeah, I mean, that was crazy ending. Once again, Alabama's on the ropes, looking like they're dizzy and going to get knocked out, and they're stumbling. And as soon as you start to pounce on them, right hook, bam, drop your ass. I mean, they took out the trash at the end of the game, and that trash was unfortunately Auburn. And, man, they freaking did them in, son. Like, how do you push them to that brink and then nothing? Like I said, they got taken out, man, to the to the curb. No matter how good they looked, at the end of the day, they was trash. Take out the papers and the trash, or you don't get no spending cash. Yakety yak. Don't talk back. But let's get into our next game, Beef. We're, we're going to hit these little SEC games. We love hooking up with our boys from the Golden Boot Podcast. They're always there to help us out, give us some of that SEC love. If you're an SEC fan, don't forget about their show. Hook them up. Give them some love. Go watch them. Drop some comments for them. Tell them the Big Ten backers sent you. But, man, if you want some Southern Conference news, those guys are an awesome watch. But like I said, let's get into this next game. We're going to talk about AM. AM loses another one. LSU wins big 42 30. Woo wee. Jaden Daniels, beef. Jaden freaking Daniels. Talk about this game. Jaden Daniels, we're not going to see it again, man. Him to neighbors, that connection's done, right? They're not playing in bowl games. We talked about it before. Probably not happening. But what we knew to need to talk about is that Mike Elko hiring at Texas AM. Did you see that when they brought him in and he was doing like that? yell leader dance on stage mm-hmm. man everyone loves to make fun of that shit it looks so stupid why they're doing like cheerleader moves as yell leaders i don't know i don't know why that's a tradition it is what it is but i'll, I'll defend a- traditions man everybody's got a quirky tradition i mean who wants to jump in a, a pond but hell they do that at ohio state who wants to go touch a statue of a coach but everybody does like weird quirky shit and that's AM's quirky shit so let them have it man all right you, you can take it but it looks stupid that's all i gotta say especially with an empty stadium it looks <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah if you get the whole 11th man crew doing it like the whole pack stadium i would they almost have they have 90 some thousand there i think it, that's a pretty big stadium oh it's a massive um, stadium but but that hire that they got mike elko from duke i mean if he can win at duke that's one of the hardest places to win. That's like Indiana, winning at Indiana. If you can do it there, you can do it anywhere. And he's got a strong defense. 
and and AM had all those defensive recruits and they had some more lined up. So hopefully they're trying to keep the recruits happy, keep pieces in place. But as far as this game goes, you know, everyone probably thought LSU was going to win and they did. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people thought that was a bad hire by Texas A&M, but I like Mike Elko. I mean, look what he did with Duke, man. Freaking Duke. And you don't want that program? What, you want another big name like Jumbo Dumbass Fisher? Like, seriously, take Mike Elko, the do notes football, give him that roster, and I guarantee you he performs way better than Jimbo Fisher. Like, be happy, man. That's a great hire. He may not be a sexy hire. He may not be a young coach, but the dude can ball. If you can do that with Duke, you can ball. Let him see what he can do with those Texas A&M recruits. I think it's a home run hit, but well, time will tell. The SEC is a tough place to coach. It's a tough place to play. You know, competitiveness there is is not. I mean, it's it's hard, man. It's rough on them streets. Rough. But let's talk about this last game. Let's talk about Florida State playing Florida. And I told y'all, defense, defense, defense. Not to worry so much about Jordan Travis. And I was right, man. The defense wins that game. Woo! Did they have to sneak out of there, man? They had to sneak out of there. B, talk about this one for me. Yeah, defense had to do it again because Tate Roadmaker, he didn't have great numbers. 12 of 25 for 135 yards and no touchdowns. No interceptions, though. I mean, less than 50% completion percentage. That's that's pretty damn bad. Uh, but they relied heavily on the run game, and Trey Benson had 95 yards and three touchdowns. So... What's it like for Florida State right now? Louisville lost to Kentucky. So, man, they really got to trounce Louisville. I mean, to look good. They're going to get that fourth place if they win out. I think they're going to get fourth. I mean, you, you don't take an ACC undefeated team out of the playoffs. And maybe they're, maybe they're better than they look when they match up against everyone else. Who knows? But you're right. The defense is strong. The offense doesn't look that good. Hopefully we see something out of Tate Roadmaker next game so you can get it to those wide receivers that they have i mean i would say it hurt florida state that louisville lost to kentucky but if they finish undefeated they're getting the yeah. playoffs my question is go. is that team real hmm they ain't real everyone can either believe it or they cannot believe it i don't give two fucks but i am telling you right now that motherfucker that motherfucker back there is not real I don't think they are either beef. <laughs> I think there's a lot of one loss teams that would be better off in the playoffs than them. You throw in, you name them who might get Oregon. left out, Texas, Oregon, Bama, Ohio state. I think all of them are a better team, even with one loss. Georgia might get an easy path to that national championship game. If they end up playing these Seminoles. Now that defense is legit though, but sure. you still got to score That's what's and all they about. ain't got it. They ain't sexy on offense. They got no game. They got no drip, except for on the defensive side. They ain't picking up that drunk blonde with the martinis, huh? No, they ain't got it. They walked in. She walked out. They're like, mm, <laughs> I'm out. Not a chance. I'm out of this. Not sticking around for this shit. <laughs> There's got to be better prospectors down the street, and they might roll up into Texas and see them Longhorns and be like, yo, Ooh, how you doing? Let me see that boat buckle. <laughs> But yeah, Florida State's definitely not a dump truck, man. Definitely not a dump truck. They looking more like needle dick, needle dick, needle dick. <laughs> <laughs> but man, B, get us on out of here. All right, big ten show, backers. Baby. Thanks for joining us. Maybe, maybe we can get AJ to come up with another interview or two before we leave out of here. Who knows? Thanks for joining us. Stick around, follow us, share the show, make some comments. Next time you're on, we love you. God bless. Big Ten backers are out.
See you. We got one more interview we're going to play for you for some happy Ohio State fans that probably weren't happy at the end of the night. Michigan's fans for us. Big Ten Backers Podcast Live. We got some Ohio State fans, some nuts in enemy territory. Oh, we win the whole thing, baby. Come on, State. Come on now. So they say Ryan Day is soft. It isn't really soft. Ryan the hardest day. Ryan Day, Ryan Day, they call him third baseball. He's about to hit a grand slam today, and they're about to see why that it, without stealing signs, they can't win a damn game against us. Let's it's go. too late, man. Your time's coming, Wolverine fans. Figure the shit out. Let's go box, baby. I sped all over the place. Let's go. So did Harbaugh know? Yes, of course he knew. What are you talking about? Are these freaking khakis, you shit me. Of course he knew. You know he's pissing his khakis once he realizes he, he can't steal signs anymore. He accept the fucking uh, suspension if you didn't know. That's a good point. All that mounting evidence. But what I really want to know now is Connor Stallion's going to win Heisman. Uh, oh, he absolutely that should. Guy. I mean, the guy, that the guy guy. puts two touchdowns on the board for Michigan every game. I mean, shoot. Like, honestly, you can't answer that out of anybody else. There's a better chance than J.J. McCarthy. Oh! Yeah. What's the final score going to be? 80-0. 80-7. 24-20. The Ohio State Buckeyes. Can I get an O-H? I-O. O-H? I-O. There we go, baby. Let's go to the game. I think that was more. Uh, 